Hello everyone and welcome to Happy Dance, the podcast for dance teachers. Today I have the wonderful Inga with us today to talk about all things mindset and business related. So introduce us and tell us a bit about your journey. Hi Lauren and uh, hi everyone who is listening to the Happy Dance podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. So to introduce myself shortly, I would put it in this way. So I am a life and business coach, but I am a true entrepreneur. So uh, currently now my uh, business coaching is my third business. So I have a really extensive knowledge and understanding of everything that comes to the business. And now what I do, I really merge two things together. So it's business and mindset. So that's what I'm all about. That's a short introduction about me. <laughs> awesome. So how did, how did that come to be? Like, how did you get that job merging the two? What inspired you to merge the two? Yeah, that's a really great question. So one of the things that I wanted to do from a very young age is to really well, become the, the, the next Tony Robbins or the, the female version of Tony Robbins. Um, because personal development has been a big part of my life. And from a very young age, I was self-coaching and always reading books and trying to uh, work on myself and improve myself. And business was another side which has been always a big part of my life. So again, from a very young age, my mom is very entrepreneurial. So, um, you know, I'm originally from Lithuania. So I grew up there for, I lived there for 21 years of my life in the past, well now 12 years. Um, I've been living in Europe uh, and for the most of that time here in the UK in London. So from the young age as well, the business was a very big part of my life. So we were going to the markets and, you know, selling all kinds of stuff. And, and then once I got into my uh, young adult years, so while I was, while I was in college, I actually found a gap in the market. And that was helping dog breeders across Europe to sell their puppies to different countries. That's where they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know what the transportation was like, what the documents were required. So that's where I positioned myself and became a consultant. So that was my first business. So I was 21 when I did that business and I did it really successfully. I featured on uh, the national broadcasting channel and it was really really great and then I took a little step back uh, from my entrepreneurial life and from that business and I went traveling I went to live in Italy in Greece in Spain so I spent about five years living in various countries because that's what I wanted to do. And I was in my early 20s. And that was, I think, the perfect timing for me to do that. And then I really stepped into getting into the business. And it so happened that, long story short, I became a business partner for a digital marketing company that works specifically with hair and beauty industry. And 
that's where I really crafted a really strong understanding of what it's like to run a six-digit business and what is it required. So what is the technology behind that? And what is it that you actually need to run the business? So at the same time, I was as well going through the, my coaching accreditation as a life coach. So now my new business, it's a merge of two things. So it's mindset and the actual backbones of how to run the business. Because what I noticed and what, how my business came about is that I noticed a big disconnect between mindset and the knowledge of actually how to run an online business. And that's where, where my unique talents come into place. And that's what I do now in my business. Awesome. That's so interesting that you think that from a young age, you had this kind of natural flair or natural desire to really nitpick and work out what makes you tick and what makes you work. Was there a, a moment where you're like, oh my God, have I, I figured this out. Like, this is why I react the way I do, or this is why I yeah. respond to certain things. Was there a, a, like a spark moment where you were like, I've cracked it. I know exactly what I did. Yes, no, 100%. It was just, you know, I think it's the, the best way to kind of figure out what is your next step. Let's say if you want to start a business or you want to position yourself in the business. It's to actually speak with people, have a real conversation about what their struggles are, what, what they're struggling with to, to, to take the next step to whatever they want to do. Let's say how to create the business. And that's for me, where was the tick where a lot of people, they were saying, well, I don't know like how to launch my website. I don't know how to do the online marketing. I don't know how to find clients. I don't know a lot of the things. And that's where I was, you know, or I don't know how to take online payments. And this is where it just comes so easy to me. This is like, you know, it's just has been day-to-day -day work for past five years. So, you know, I know it inside out. And that's where I really understood, wow, there is a really great place for me here to bring my knowledge and my expertise. And then at the same time, what I saw that they not only lack the technical knowledge behind it, but also that mindset and that understanding what is it like to run a real business and what does it take? Because it's, it's not as easy and it's not as difficult as it looks, but you just have to have the right tools, the right mindset and time, persistence and a great strategy. That's so interesting because I completely agree. I think 90% of the time it's actually their fear that holds them back. Like, like you said, there's so many things you can say, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do this. But it's usually yourself telling you, I don't know these things, I, I can't do it, how am I supposed to know because I don't know these things. Whereas I think if in your head you're going, I don't know these things, but I can learn. And most of the time you can Google it and there'll be 100,000 articles about it that you can read on and learn. But I think exactly. self that holds you back, it's kind of your own fear of being judged that doesn't want you to take that step. And I think that's almost the thing that most people have to overcome when they start a business. 
because it is scary and people are going to judge you and it's going, well, I can only try if I lose or if I fail. I gave it a go and I gave it a shot. And what's the, what's the harm in that? I won't be any further behind than I was if I didn't try. Yeah, exactly. And I couldn't agree with you more because I think there is so much of self-judgment when it comes to starting a business or running a business. You know, failure is just a big part of running a business, of starting a business. There are so many things that I fail on a weekly basis, but the more I fail... The, the better I become because I learn and I don't look at failure as it's something bad. It's just a part of, you know, what it takes. And it's just, you know, I never fail. I only learn. That's, you know, and that's what, you know, you have to focus on. And that's, you know, where your mind should be going in in that direction and as well fear but fear you know that that's another thing is just you know what's the worst thing that can happen if you did fail what's the worst thing will happen that's the question that you have to ask yourself and you know down the line you know the worst thing you know that might happen well maybe you're gonna need to go and you know uh just you know find a job yeah, find a job. That's the worst thing that that could happen. And then, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to uh, put yourself back on your feet? That's, you know, and when once you look at it, that the fear in this way, then it's not that scary anymore. Yeah, that's so funny because as service providers, as teachers, you teach your students that it's okay to fail and that they're mm. going to need to do that move or that task a thousand times before they nail it and get it perfect or as close to perfect as they want it but then taking that same mindset and putting it into your own business strategy and your own business growth I think that's where the challenge mm-hmm. occurs like you're teaching your kids to be um not adventurous is the wrong word but to be willing to try and to be willing to fail and to fall mm-hmm. on their backsides and get back up again and just give it another go because at least they're giving it 100 percent every time every time they fall down it just means they gave it everything they had and then they get back up and they try again and the next time they'll be that much closer to achieving their goal. But taking that same mindset and shifting mm-hmm. it into your own business is almost harder, I think, in some ways. For people to take it is. And, you know, the, what I always say and or the best way how I describe it, what it's like to run a business. So to run a business is is as if you're playing a video game. So you're going to need to be persistent in trying and failing until you become really comfortable at navigating the obstacles, right? So in your business, that might be, you know, it's just how you're going to put yourself out there, how you're going to, you know, find the right marketing strategy. So you're going to need to, you know, try, fail, learn from it. And then, you know, once you learn that, that's it. That's the op- that, that's the obstacles that you overcame and you're going to the next level now. But then what happens to the next level? So the next level in your business might be, well, now you're going to be hiring somebody to help you run the marketing campaigns for you, let's say, or, or anyone else to help you assist you. So then you're becoming a boss. So 
there is another level. Well, how do you then manage people? How do you become a great boss? So this is another level where you have to step into and navigate all of those obstacles until you become better. And that, I think that's what you have to just think about in terms of a business. And, you know, when you're a business owner, you just have to really remember that you have to, you are different. And what I'm saying is like, you are a different breed rather than somebody who is employed and is told what they need to do and what workflows they have to follow. So, and you have to think about life and business in a different perspective. And that's where, if, especially if you're starting to switch from being, let's say, an employee and going to self-employed or sole trader or a business owner as a limited company, that's where you need to make that shift. And that takes time it, and, and it takes practice. And you have to, you know, as well, be, be kind to yourself. It's just, you know, I did the best today. Tomorrow, I'm going to do better. And that's where you just have to focus, keep your focus there. Yeah, I've, I've realized that when I've been, especially during lockdown, I think we've had so much time to kind of think about ourselves and explore who we are as people a bit more. Um, I've realized that so many people say so many lovely things to me, either about business, or about classes, or just about me as a person and things. And I almost don't remember them. I always remember the, the one person that said that negative thing or someone that said something horrible to you at school. And I don't know if it's the way our brains work or what, but I feel like everyone usually focuses on the negative or remembers the negative over the positive. So I've started a happiness journal. <laughs> I call it Lauren's Book of Joy. Yes, <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> and basically every time someone says something nice or leaves me a really lovely Facebook review, I will write it in this book. And then when I'm having a really pants day or just having a really rubbish moment, I'll just go to it and have a little read and cheer myself up. And yes. so that probably sounds really sappy, but I feel like for me, I need to actually realize that I am doing okay and I am growing and I am making people happy and achieving all my goals in my business, even though I keep moving the goal. Because I think as business owners, not as entrepreneurs, you do, you set yourself a goal and then you've hit it. So you then set yourself an even bigger goal and you don't take time to realize that actually that was quite a big goal you hit and you yeah. just kind of soared straight past it and gone, yeah, that one's done. Next one, where can I go next? Without taking yeah. time to actually think, no, I started from three kids, one hour class on a Saturday afternoon and now I've got six employees. Like it's a big journey, but you don't think of it like that. I just go, well, I need another two locations this year and COVID's going to screw that up for me and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, so I started this journal and I'd recommend it to everyone listening. You don't need to show it to anyone. Like my, my partner's seen it a few times and thinks I'm hilarious for writing down all the nice things he says. But it just makes me happy when I'm in that down state. And so I'd recommend it to everyone to uh, make no, sure. 100%. <laughs> I love it so much. And I think, you know, everyone who is listening and, you know, they should definitely take this tip from you because even though I, I knew about this, but that's another thing, you know, I haven't been doing it. <laughs> I've been writing it in my journal, so I think I'm I'm gonna be implementing that in in my daily routine as well. <laughs> yeah, just like even if you just put it on the bottom of your diary, just so and so said this nice thing today. I think it's helping me 
reteach myself to focus more on the positives. Like I am a really positive, mm-hmm. really happy person, but I think everyone is their right worst self-critic. And so I'm trying to teach myself to be as nice to everyone else as I am, as nice to myself as I am to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my probably, probably biggest mindset hurdle I have to get over when running. I'm very self-critical. Did you find that you had a book you read or a, a podcast you listened to that had an idea that you were like, yes, I'm doing this. This is one of the mindset tools for me. Yes. Uh, so recently I've been totally obsessed with neuroscientist called Andrew Huberman. So I am a total neuroscience geek. So I want to know how the brain works, how it affects our behavior, and that it will allow me to understand myself better so I can become the best version of myself and also help my clients to do the same. So the one thing that I really learned from him, so it was, I think, you know, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, I came across him uh, just on a podcast. I've Probably I don't even remember exactly to uh, which one. It probably was either on the Lewis House podcast or on the uh, the impact theory, um, one of those. And the one thing that blew away for me is to really understanding how uh, we push when we push through the harder times, let's say, you know, if, if we are, if we have a hard task, let's say in the business, we are working on a big project and it's just like, there is, it feels like there is a lot of grind and it's not pleasant because, you know, it's, you know, that as well, you know, that some of the things they're just in our business that we do enjoy and we love it. And there are some things that you just have to do it and it's not pleasant and it's not nice so what I learned from that podcast is that actually when we're moving through this process when it's it feels like it's it's difficult and it requires a lot of effort that's where we are actually stretching that biochemical reaction that helps us to build that growth mindset and build endurance and build this this just strong personality that we need in business that actually that part that's what is actually our brain is rewarding us for for just like working through that hard uh stretch rather than when we achieve a big goal because i think i don't know if you notice this but sometimes when we're working on a big goal once we achieve it there might be a slight happiness that lasts for a minute, maybe an hour, maybe a day, and then, okay, well, what's next? So this is how our brain is actually wired, that, you know, we're, our brain is mostly rewarding us through that hard time, through that hard stretch. And this is where I was like, brilliant. This is, you know, I know what, what I just need to focus on is, is to focus on more on the process and the progress rather on achieving goals. Yes, I'm very goal-driven and I want to achieve the goals, but you know, I now I understand that actually what drives me and what builds a really great strong personality for me is not the achieving a goal, but actually through the achievement of that goal. 
That's so interesting you say that because I, I when you were saying it, I was like, that is exactly how I'm <laughs> how I feel. Like mm-hmm. if I've got a really exciting show or event or something big I'm working towards and it takes uh, six months, however long. When I'm ticking things off my list and working towards it, I get so excited that I'm finishing it and get all that kind of excited energy. And then you do it and afterwards you're like, oh, what what, what now? Yeah. (laughs) And it's as well, what is really important, what I've learned as well from that, just kind of to add 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 it to that topic is that you have to recognize and stop. I did well. You know, because it's like, once we're going, you know, achieving things, doing things, completing tasks, it's just kind of go, 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 go. And we forget how much we have achieved. So, you know, rewarding yourself. So self reward and that internal um, rewarding system when, while we're working, while let's say you're preparing for that big show, it's like, yes, I'm doing great. You know, while you're working towards that, but once you have achieved it, it's just like have a little celebration. So it actually teaches your brain to to recognize it that you did well you know because we forget about this yes I completely agree I think it's almost not holding yourself back but not just jumping to that next thing going no I've really I've succeeded my goal I've been working towards this for so long I deserve a celebratory moment even if that's like buying yourself yes a core of bunch of flowers or something to go no something tiny doesn't have to be big yeah exactly if you're a mom pee in peace (laughs) (laughs) exactly anything like that so do you think that people kind of hold themselves back when they get into that loop of um well I've done say a show I'm working towards a show I hit the show I get that little bit of happiness and then I move on because I'm thinking immediately about the next one do you think people almost get stuck in the loop of doing the same things rather than growing because of their insecurities kind of holding themselves back to just repeat the cycle because that's what's comfortable now yes I think you know if you're stuck in that achieving loop which is, you know, it's great, we have to work towards that. But if you're kind of, you're just stuck in doing things, because that's your habit, that's your natural cycle, you might miss things, or you might just simply, you know, burn yourself out. So that might be the case. But I think it really depends as well from individual to individual, you know, how they're running their life, how they're functioning. So that can be, and as well, you know, you have to also ask yourself why you're working so hard and why you're going after one goal after another. That, you know, what I see as well in from my clients or, you know, from my own experience that sometimes I am so focused on doing things because, I believe that I have to work hard, that I have to hustle to create the success, to put myself out there, that it's just like I have to work really long hours, let's say, you know, in your mind, you're just stuck with the thinking. uh, And that's your belief that, you know, in order for you to be successful, you have to work long hours, but that might be not the case. So it's just like questioning. So why am I just going 
you know, one goal after another. It's like, am I just doing this for the sake of doing it? Or am I trying to achieve the a specific goal? And why do I want to achieve that? Just, you know, having a little revisit and asking yourself. Yeah, because I think sometimes people put other people's expectations as mm-hmm. their goals rather than stopping and thinking. Like I was having a conversation with a friend that had a dance studio the other day who was saying that I've, she's got four days worth of classes and she's like, I feel like I should be hiring another teacher and adding another day and growing more, but I'm quite happy with the amount of work I've got and the amount of money I'm making and things. And I don't want to be bigger, mm-hmm. but I feel like from the outside, everyone else is pressuring me too. Like, when are you going to open another class? When, oh, well, are you not going to hire anyone? I thought it was a business and kind of get stuck in that loop of trying to please other people rather than yourself. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's a really big one. Um, you know, it's just like, what I always say, you have to focus on what you want to do, not what other people tell you or have the expectation of you doing it because at the end of the day it's your own life experience so you have to do the things that make you that make you happy so that's why you know stopping and asking yourself those questions why why is it that I'm just you know going after one goal after another is it why am I doing that what am I trying to achieve and if you're, you know, working towards a big goal to generate, I don't know, a million pounds in, in revenue in your business, and that is your goal, and you're going to go for it, just go for it. But you know, why are you want to generate a million pounds in revenue? And that can be, you know, come from personal things, maybe you want to, you know, buy a house, or you want to, you know, just grow your business through that revenue because that is your personal achievement and that is great but you know if that is oh because my friend made this amount of money so I have to make this amount of money well then it's you know it's not quite right and I think that might just might cost you a lot of emotional energy which is very draining when you start to pursue the dreams and goals of other people rather than your own goals. Yeah, I think that. And I think too many people just pick something and realize it's actually okay to change. Like if you have that goal, say, of making a million pounds or having six studios or events in every country in the world or whatever it is, and then you're working towards it and maybe now you've got two studios or your UK wide or whatever your your first goal was and you're like, actually this is enough for me that don't mean to keep adding and keep raising the roof because that's not what I've actually realized I want from my life or other things happen like that's one thing I learned from um, employing my first person was how I want to be treated and how I want to live and and be rewarded for my work and things is very different to other people's and just because I might really love written words like if a parent makes me a card I will keep that card forever because I love it that people have made that effort the same with emails and me printing them out and putting them in my little book of joy um 
but one of my teachers, Jade, is not like that at all. She'd much rather get a pay rise and be more comfortable and realise that she can take her kids on holiday and things like that. And it doesn't mean that she cares less about the work than I do or I care less about her than she does and things like that. It's just how people want to be treated and how people perceive their worth and their rewards. And so Mm. when it comes to employing people, you really need to be careful that you're not kind of transposing your own ideas on them you need to Mm -hmm. actually talk to them and go what would you like if it's a pay rise and you can even if you're not in a position like when I first hired Jade I was not in a position to pay her nearly enough that what she deserved but we had the conversation and I knew that was what she valued and what she wanted she'd like to be earning a certain amount so I said well if we fill this class I can raise you up by this amount if you maintain that Um, level of students that capacity for six months I can increase it again and so I gave her goals that she could work towards that were equal to what she wanted it wouldn't be like oh well if you fill your class I will give you a 50 quid just eat voucher or whatever it could have been that she may have appreciated if she valued a different thing does that make sense I feel like complicated way of saying it no no I think that I think that's it makes loads of sense and just you know what I also love about what you said that you actually spoke to her about where the business is and you asked her to contribute well you know I think that's where a lot of employers or the business owners fail to to communicate with their team is to not include them in the business and understanding well what the business goals are and giving them the understanding of how the how the money is generated in the business and how they are contributing towards their salary so i think i just absolutely love what you you know about the conversation that you had and you know how you operated that I, that is absolutely brilliant yeah and I think it's a fear, isn't it? Especially hiring that very first person. Mm. So you kind of almost feel like you have to put on the front and know that you, oh, yes, I know everything about employing someone and blah, 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 blah. When actually, I feel like it's better to just be honest and say, you are my first employee. I will make mistakes. And that's okay. Just tell me because I want to learn. And I want to be the best boss I can. Like, I'm sure everyone's had bosses where they're like, how on earth have you got a business? Like, you don't care about <laughs> at yeah. all. You could not give two hoots if I was happy in my job or not. And so I think you learn from those experiences. You learn from all the the bar work you had to do when you were a teen and things like that, mm. how to treat people and how in the future, when you have a staff, an employee, whatever you want to call them, um, a team member, um, you will know that you didn't want to be treated that way. So they probably won't be as well but then on the flip they may not want to be treated the way you want to be treated either so I think yeah yeah it's it's a constant um, it's a constant learning experience because every employee or your team member is has a different personality has a different set of values and their reward system is different so I think it's you know as you said it's, you know, if you have your first employee, just tell them and just kind of learn together. And and that just gives you more and more understanding how you can manage your team and how to communicate with them and how to grow your business. Because um, 
essentially your team uh, members are a big part. They play a huge role in the success of your business. So, so yeah, that's, you know, that's a true learning experience. And, and I think the more you grow, the bigger the team becomes, then you are faced with the different set of challenges, you know, it's just like, if you have a big enough team, well, how do you make sure that, you know, you communicate with everyone properly and you make sure that everyone is feeling looked after and heard. And, you know, it's, you know, that's what I said in the beginning is running a business is like playing a video game. Once you pass for one level, you're on to you learn next. how to navigate that. That's the next one. You start all over again. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I found hard to learn, but as soon as I figured it out, I was like, of course, is that mm. who you hire is never going to care as much as you do. And that's okay because it's not theirs. So like mm-hmm. I give it a hundred percent. If they give it 80%, that is still amazing. And together that is 180%. So that is 80% more than you could care on your own. They don't need to care. Yes. Then. And so as we've grown, yeah. obviously taking on more people and things, it has always been really hard, but I've been trying super duper hard to not judge them by the same values I set myself because mm-hmm. it's not there. So they're not going to care as much as you. And that's, yeah, that's not a bad thing. That's, that's just how it is. And that's okay. And it's just like, you know, if they would have cared as much as you would, they would probably owe a business, you know? Yeah, exactly. And some people would think it's the worst thing in the world to run their own business. They want to go to work work their set hours, go home and not think about it at all. Whereas for yeah. me, <laughs> you think about it 24-7, every day, all day, all night. Yes, <laughs> I know the feeling, 100%. So one of the things I struggle with personally when running a business is separating myself. I feel like I take everything mm-hmm. personally. So especially where I'm a teacher and um, I'm obviously getting these students in most of them are kids and you end up caring for them like they're your own and then the parent may just leave and not even tell you they've gone or say no she doesn't want to do that anymore but give you no reason or just leave I take everything so personally and so to heart Mm. and what I'm trying to learn to do is to go no that could be that her friend has started karate and she really wants to give it a go or their financial situation has changed it could be nothing I've done but personally Mm. I automatically go oh my god what did I do wrong and it's that separation I really struggle with do you find that in the people you deal with or your personal business and yeah, in my personal business, I struggled the most. So that was in my in my um, other business, not in my current business. So as I was also looking after uh, customer service, and when we would receive refund re- requests, which you know, if they're within the the cancellation time frame, that's totally fine. But then when you get people who are maliciously pushing the boundaries. And when you know what is the, like, I had even a scenario where they started saying that, oh, the the salesperson who sold me this product has told me this and this and and this and that. And that person was actually me. So I knew exactly what was going on. And, you know, I was like, I was, I was feeling that it was, 
people were trying to take away my money, the money out of my pocket maliciously. So that's where I struggled the most. And I was just like, Jesus, how do I deal with this? But what I learned to do is to really, I, to separate the two identities because there is, my business has its own identity. So, you know, whenever people come and, you know, let's say in, in your scenario, when, you know, the kids just leave and the parents, they don't say to you, you know, what happens is just try to understand that they have left, not you personally, but they have left the services that you provide. And that could mean many different things, you know, and it's just like, uh, you know, if you want to learn a little bit more about like why that happened and just, you know, just stay curious, I think that's where you can learn much more and grow from it rather than just kind of take it, take it personally, because there's probably nothing really personal about you, why they, let's say they, they, let's say requested a refund or, you know, just simply stop using your services. There might be many circumstances, you know, as you said, it's just kind of focusing on that. Well, maybe, maybe their financial situation is different right now. And, and that's what it is. And, you know, if you can try to find a way where you could get a feedback from those people, let's say, why did they stop using your services? I think that's where you could find a really great room for, for improvement for your businesses and your services. Let's say if their financial situation is a little bit different right now, you know, maybe you can create a payment plans or something maybe a smaller service that would still allow you to serve your client. And, you know, obviously you have to think about it, whether that is actually smart to do in your business, whether that would be, you know, if it would generate you the revenue and it would be cost effective. So I think that's where you need to kind of shift your mindset when that happens. And just try to separate yourself. I am a person. I am Inga or I am Lauren. And, and the business is the business. Business has its own personality, it has its own identity, and has to stay that way. So if people are saying no to the business, they're saying no to the business. They're not saying no to you. Yeah, that's a really, really good way of looking at it. And uh, how must be what I've been trying to do. Like I've um, set up a questionnaire that I send them if they leave, just asking them anonymously, anonymously to um, fill it out. Mm-hmm. So I've no idea why. And if it is the timing's wrong or the price is too high, I can get generalized feedback and then learn, like you said, learn from it and grow and try not to to think of it as me. So yeah, I might even give my give my business personality a name. <laughs> like Beyonce has her own <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think in, in terms of the feedback, what I always find it the easiest is, you know, always as much as you can try to have a real conversation. Because a lot of times the 
written message or, you know, people don't really have the time. They don't want to do it. Maybe, you know, we're so bombarded with, you know, emails and notifications that even if we open, let's say the email, you know, something else happens and we forget about it. But if you take the time, let's say, you know, and give them a call and just like, you know, just really gently and kindly have that conversation. That's where I think you're going to have like really, really amazing feedback. Yeah, I completely agree. I think emails have become such a, like a dumping ground. Everyone opens their emails in the morning and will have a hundred emails from every single shop they've ever shopped at <laughs> and things like that. But it is easy to get lost in the, in the clutter. And, um, the same with our newsletters. I've started in the last kind of few years um, doing them as a video and then I'll put them on our Facebook group. So they'll have the written email of what's happening and what's going on and key dates and things like that. And then I'll literally just get my phone out, have the email in front of me and just talk to my phone about it and upload it as a little video newsletter. Because I think people are more likely to to scroll Facebook or Instagram and stumble across it and actually then read and listen it listen to it whereas I'm probably just lost in the noise on with an email blast yeah I think there I mean you have to know your your customers and you have to know where how do they operate and what platforms do they use mainly email is always what I say is the best way because you know social media platforms they you know decide to change their algorithm and you can't organically reach your own followers then it becomes a little bit more difficult to reach to to you know to them but if you found that you know making a video and just you know doing that and that works that is brilliant yeah yeah, definitely. I think it's what works for you and your customers. Yeah, yeah. And I also think it's about having as many touch points as possible. Yeah. So sending it as an email, because some people might prefer to read it and print mm-hmm. it out and put it on their fridge. Doing it as a video for the months that will just scroll Facebook for five minutes, peace and quiet to catch up on the day. And it might appear there. Putting it on your Instagram story and putting a box to say, have you got any questions? Put them here. Might then hit another person that might have missed the first Yes. Trip. Because with the ever-changing algorithm, Facebook and Instagram becoming much more of a pay-to-play platform. Mm-hmm. So if you want any advertising or anything, if you don't at least boost it, it's not going to really reach many people at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've talked a lot about my personal weaknesses. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest weakness people face in general when it comes to running a business and maintaining a positive mindset? Well, I think, you know, I think there are different stages of of the business. You know, what I'm mainly been working now in my business is with the first time business owner. So somebody who is, you know, wants to turn pro and just really start taking their business off the ground. So the number one or number two weaknesses that I see is, Identifying with failure so that, you know, if something didn't work, so let's say you started, you launched a webinar and nobody showed up uh, and then you think that's it. I'm not great at, you know, doing the webinars. This is never going to work for me. Well, no, like that's not the case. There is probably many, many reasons why that happened and you still have to put yourself out there. So just kind of, you know, identifying the failure with your personal 
failure and your identity. That's the number one weakness. So the number two, what I would say is quitting too soon is kind of, you know, I think we live now in this day and age where we see all of those influencers on the Instagram where, you know, three months and that's it. They're generating six digits business and, you know, they earn, you know, loads of money. But it it actually, you know, if you do want to generate that much money in three months time, it's possible. But there is a lot of preparation. And, and if you're starting completely new off the ground, uh, you have to cut through so much noise to even be visible. And you can do that if you have a really big budget to spank on the marketing and, you know, paid ads and Google ads and Instagram ads. You can do that. So I think once people actually start to, you know, take their business out there, and they don't see the return within three months, they just want to quit. But it's it's actually, you know, you just have to stay persistent. You just have to do the work and you have to be smart and strategic about how, how you're promoting your business. You have to have the right digital business infrastructure, you know, so all your website, all your Facebook pixels set up properly, your Google Analytics, so you can actually see and read the data and, you know, target the people who you want to target and learn from it and see what works, what doesn't work. And then, you know, reply and try it again and do it again and do it again until it works. And it will work if you're going to stay consistent, persistent long enough. Yeah, I completely agree. I think too many people see the Mark Zuckerberg story and mm. that happened instantly when actually, no, it took him years and years and years. And how old is Facebook now? And it's still not 100% perfect for him. He's still working on it. So I think people see the the millionaire moment and don't actually realize yes. the 10, 20 years of back work that went into it. How do you exactly. think can overcome that mindset of wanting it instantly, especially in a, like you said, the world today is so instant, like Amazon Prime, next day, mm-hmm. even some yeah. kind of day delivery. How do people change their mindset when it comes to business when the world around them's so instant now? Well, I think you have to surround yourself with people who are actually create the results that are, you know, real. It's not somebody who is just new on the platform and just you know being really careful about who you listen to and as well you know if you are running a business and the people that you kind of you go and talk to about your business and how things are going and they have no experience in running the business or they have no understanding, you know, they're going to try to advise you with and listen to you and give you the, the comforting from their own point of view. And that is not, that is not right. That is not helpful. And, you know, they do it from a, from a loving place, but you want to have business minded people around you. So they can actually support you and help you stay positive because there are so many things in a business that you have to 
go through and it's you know sometimes it's a lonely place because you know you're you're working a lot you're you have to play so many different roles in your business you have to be a boss you have to be a teacher uh you you know and you still have to do your marketing you have to do your finances you have to still be at home and be you know either a wife a girlfriend, a fiance, and you know, if you're a mom, you have to be a mom. So there are many, many, many hats that you have to play. So make sure that you're speaking to the right people. So if you are a mom who is running a business, please go and speak to other moms who run the business. Don't go and speak to the moms who don't run the business. That would be my advice. Yeah, because like we said, running a business is not for everyone. Some people would love the idea and some people would hate it. And quite often the people that think they'd love the idea when it actually came to running a business would then hate it because, like I said, yeah. I think it's been really glamorised recently of having mm-hmm. your own business and having your own, being your own boss. But actually they don't glamorise the bit where you're mm-hmm. up two in, the, two in the morning to plan your marketing because you had to make sure that your kids went to football and ballet and everything else before you could even start focusing on your business because yeah. you've had to do all that, especially now when all the kids are homeschooled at the moment for, because of COVID, you've got a whole another level. And for some people that is I not- have so much empathy for all of those moms. Like I'm, I'm not in that stage of my life where I am a mom, but I'm just like thinking about it. Like when I will be a mom, how on earth I'm going to deal without help. So I'm just thinking I need to prepare myself to make enough money so I can, you know, hire help. But obviously now, even if you wanted to, you know, you can't really, you know, the nurseries aren't available there. So it's just, we just have to stay positive and take one day at a time, one day at a time. Yeah, definitely. What are some... Um, tips or tricks that you've learned or that you teach for getting yourself out of that mental rut because obviously at the moment there's so much negativity in the world like you can't turn the news on without hearing something that you're like why did I bother turning into this update I don't want to know I'm just gonna hide in my little bubble and (laughs) pray for the best Um, so how do you get yourself out of that that mindset do you have any tips or tricks to turn it around when you're having just the worst time (laughs) yeah well I think one of the main things is just look at how much time you're spending at you know watching the news you have to stay informed but does it have to be that you're watching the news every single day for you know three times a day because it's it's just constantly reminding you about all of the things that are just like not going great And it just makes it hard for you to just, you know, kind of see the future and stay positive and hopeful about it. So what I personally do, I don't watch news at all. I will have my fiance who's going to tell tell me about the most important things that I need to know. And what I focus on is really, well, what do I want to do in my life what I want to do in my business and just working towards that not even thinking about it that you know it's where 
you know, we're we're in very uncertain times. We don't know how it's going to be. But what I'm trying to focus on is just, you know, whether I'm going to sit here and just worry about things or I'm actually going to do things, it's just only going to put me one step further ahead of everyone else. And it just keeps me sane and focused in in what I want to do, what makes me happy. And also another thing that I think it's really important to do is to make sure that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you let the morning light into your eyes. So you're not stuck on your computer right away or you don't pick up your phone to, you know, scroll through the Instagram that's another thing. You know, when you scroll for the Instagram, you have to understand that most people, they would post the highlights of their life rather than the real life. So it's just like we also forget that, you know, well, they're probably going for the same thing as you're going, but they're choosing to to put a different thing on Instagram. And that's okay. And it's totally fine. But just kind of limiting that that feed about the fake reality, you know, just not feeding your mind and thinking that, well, they're doing so great and I'm not doing great. Um, Just understanding that. And just also just getting outside, going for a walk, putting your phone away uh, because we are creatures and we need to go and, you know, get active and, and just, you know, get outside because if we are not getting outside what happens is actually we start to feel like stressed and nervous I don't know if you ever felt like this you know and it's simply to do because again this is comes from the neuroscience that you know actually if we don't have enough of optic flow so the objects passing past us if we don't have enough of that so if we're sitting in the room if we're seeing the same, you know, wall, (laughs) the same rooms, if we don't have enough of like different scenery, we're actually, this is makes us agitated. This is like biology. This is ingrained in us. So understanding just get outside, even like, you know, for 10, 15 minutes for a walk around the block. And that's going to make you feel much better. Try to exercise. Again, exercise is something, you know, it doesn't have to be that you need to go for a run. Is that your thing? Go do it. But, you know, if that is only like 15 minute stretch or a Pilates or yoga session, just like go on YouTube. There are plenty of different, you know, free things. Just go and do that. You know, a couple of couple of things that will actually make you feel better. It's going to produce different chemicals in your body and in your brain, which is going going to make you feel really, really good. So combination of things, not watching the news stay informed but try to avoid it as overconsumption of the negative just negative flow negative things that you're letting into your life getting outside trying to limit how much time you're spending on instagram and and who you're following and if you try if if you notice that you know there are certain people or certain accounts that you follow that makes you feel bad about your life unfollow them for a while and just keep the people that actually lift your mood because that's what we need so you know those would be you know a couple of things that i think 
everyone can do just to, you know, stay in that positive frame of mind. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing that's helped me during this lockdown is I've added the silly little things like going for a walk every day that you don't realize actually have such a positive Mm -hmm. impact on your day to my to-do lists. So I get that sense of achievement by ticking it off. It could just be me, but I love a list. Yes, me too. (laughs) I like to tick off and it will have things on it. Like I'm trying to challenge myself to walk a 5k a day with my dogs and drink eight glasses of water because I'm, if I'm not teaching, I'm rubbish at drinking enough water during the day. So then literally tick things that I will tick off my list. And it gives me that sense of achievement when I tick it off. But also yes. I get the benefit of actually doing it. Whereas I'd go into it having the best intentions to do it. But because it's not on my list, I'd be like, well, I've got these eight things I need to do today. So I cannot possibly fit another one in when actually I could. Um, thank you so much for being here today and talking to us and sharing your your knowledge and your wisdom it's been really really insightful and I've got a few things I'm gonna go away and play with um, to try and make me more more productive and more mindful of myself more than my business to try and separate the two um, but what is one piece of advice that a person or a teacher or a mentor has given to you that you will always remember yes um i mean today the conversation that we had i I as well learned a lot of things from you so it's just like remembering yes i need to write down the the wins and the good things that has happened so when i have a not so great day i can go back and revisit so that's what i'm going to do and uh in terms of a piece of advice that i was given that kind of changed how I operate my life was actually by um, by my family doctor. Uh, when I was going through a really tough time uh, within my family changes, and I was just really not coping well with what was going on, she actually said to me, you have to put yourself first. Because if you're not going to look after yourself, you're not going to be in a position where you can support and help others. So that really, really stuck with me. And, you know, that's what I'm doing. You know, when things are, you know, if things are getting tough, that's where I need to make sure that the number one person I am focusing on is me. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone give so much to other people you need to put yourself first and realize that it's not selfish or it's not um wrong to care about what you want and what you need because other people do it all the time so why shouldn't you yeah exactly and I think you know it's just when you think about it in this way if everyone on this planet, and I'm talking about the adults, not the kids, (laughs) if everyone on this planet could look after themselves, this planet and our life would be so much better and so much happier. 100%. I love that. And so we've spoken about what advice someone has given to you. What would be your advice to the world, your like mission statement of life? (laughs) What would be your, your 
your one piece of advice that you'd want everyone that's listening to know? Oh, one piece of advice. Wow, that's uh, that's a big pressure you put there <laughs> on me. world <laughs> <a great> peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, you know, it's a hard one. I'm trying now to figure out what what would be the best thing to say, you know, because now this podcast is going to live forever. Um, so, <laughs> um, but I'm thinking it's just, you know, one piece of advice, just really, you know, just go for your dreams, the things that you want to do, because at the end of the day, what really matters is when you look back at your life and you are able to say to yourself, I lived fully, I loved, and I have no regrets about things I haven't done. Yes, I love it. Um, so tell our listeners where we can find out more about you, more about your um, coaching. Give us the lowdown. Where can we find you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> So the best way uh, or the best place to find me is my website. And that would be ingapakalnishkite.com. So that would be I-N-G-A-P-A-K-A-L-N-I-S-K-Y-T-E.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, simply type in Inga Pakal. So that would be I-N-G-A-P-A-K-A-L. Perfect. And I'll put the links to everything in the description below as well so people can find you there. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon talking to me. It has been an utter joy. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad to be here to talk to you and uh, hopefully to provide your audience with something they can take away and just take something one little thing and just uh, adopt that in their life and in their mindset that is the end of our episode thank you so much for listening and have an amazing day